You're raised as an athlete to fight back. So why all of a sudden, when you retire, do you stop the good fight? This is Finding Center with Nick Hardwick. I mean, I was just a, you know, a competitor at the core, you know, just love the, the battles. And obviously, you know, every position has their battles, but, you know, you know, offensive linemen definitely have some good one-on-one battles. And, uh, and uh, you know, I just look forward to that challenge. And, and obviously uh, just the competitiveness and, the t- and then, meet, you know, uh, being on a, a team and getting to meet a lot of great guys and go to battle with them and just, you know, respect them and under respect the process of, uh, of what all goes into it. And I just really loved it. You know, I mean, I was, you know, Loved it more every single year. It was more important to me every single year. And I really got, you know, I really got addicted, uh, you know, wanting to be the best I could be and do everything I could do on my end uh, to be the best player I could be. Hey, guys, it's Nick. Hope everyone out there is doing well today. Thank you so much for the time that you've been given the Finding Center podcast. We hope to be giving you some critical information and perhaps inspiration to use on your journey towards health. If you have any recommendations at all or topics or people that you would like us to cover or interview, please DM me at Nick Hardwick or at Finding Center Podcast and I will do my best to get back to you. Any questions as well, I love hearing from you guys. You know, as far as health goes, here's a game I like to play. I like to think about my life in reverse. When am I in my 80s, 90s, and even into my 100s? That's right, I said it. I'd love to be 100 years old, but only if I can do it with health. I want to be able to look back and know that I did everything possible to stave off neurocognitive decline. I want no regrets. As Dr. David Hazy said on one episode, the difference between being old and being an elder is retaining your wisdom. If we allow ourselves to slip physically, mentally, we are going to struggle as well. And with mental decline, we lose the essence of the person and all of that accumulated wisdom. What a shame. Dr. David Hazy says we should rage against that. I totally agree. If you're new here, the Hardwick family, we've announced a new supplement line with our name on it. It's called Hardwick.life. It's like Hardwick.com, but instead of .com, it's .life. My family has been taking these exact pharmaceutical-grade supplements for several years now. We love what they have provided us. Our philosophy is to do everything within our power today to ensure that we're giving ourselves the best chance possible of living a fulfilling life. Hardwick.life is centered around taking care of the fundamentals of health through an active lifestyle, getting proper nutrition and supplementation to boost our immunity and protection for the areas in our lives that need special attention. My goal is to restore brain health for a lifetime of running into other giant humans over 30,000 times. That's right, 30,000 head hits. That, as well as looking after my heart, which also I'm sure came under some damage being big and then getting small. And I also have a family history of heart disease. Those are vital for me. Jamie's concern is her immunity and her gut health. That's why she loves the foundation life and gut life. Whatever areas of need or concern you have, hardwick.life has you covered. Be sure to subscribe for 15% off and free shipping. When you do that, you're going to also get access to our simple, family-friendly recipes to help get you started or keep you on track with your health journey. We are hardwick.life, foundational elements for a fulfilled life. Check us out. And now at hardwick.life, we've also secured partnerships with some really cool products that may be of interest to you at some really great prices. And try these ones out. The greatest meats ever, seriously, the greatest meats ever, Bel Campo Meats. Check out the Anya Fernald podcast. 
How about this? The Whoop Fitness Tracker Strap to optimize your training, recovery, and sleep. All of the Julian Bakery products, the great assortment of egg white and grass-fed beef protein products that they have, the PowerDot Muscle Stimulator for increased performance, and of course, my friends over at Bubs Naturals. Be sure to check out all of these premium products at hardwick.life. Also, guys, you know this. If you follow my stories on Instagram, at Nick Hardwick, then you already know I post almost every meal that I eat. I do it to show that health and maintaining a fit and active body and lifestyle it's no trick, guys. It's consistency, consistently making good choices. One thing I've put into my body consistently since the company was founded in 2017 is Bubs Naturals Collagen Protein and MCT Oil Powder. One way or another, I have used Bubs religiously, daily. I swear by it these days. Since talking to Doc Amon, I have cut out coffee, but I still put the bubs in a protein hot chocolate that has been giving me my morning fix. I love it. It makes it creamier. You're going to love it too. As I know lots of you have taken me up on the recommendation. Jamie swears by it. She has a bit multiple times every single day. No other collagen brand can claim to be 100% NSF certified and donate 10% to charity. That is awesome. If you're in the San Diego area, Bub's products are now available at all Barron's markets. Stop in and pick some up today and see how conveniently health can fit into your life. If you don't have a Barron's near you or don't want to go to the store right now, I get it. Order it online at bubsnaturals.com. That's bubsnaturals.com. Use the code HARDWICK20 for 20% off that order at bubsnaturals.com. Hey, hey, gang. Hope everybody out there is doing fantastic today. Now, joining us in the Lessons from Legends segment of the Finding Center podcast is Marshall Yonda. Marshall Yonda, offensive guard, played college ball at the University of Iowa, drafted by the Baltimore Ravens in the third round of the 07 NFL draft. He spent his entire 13-year career as a Raven. That means a lot. Marshall is a Super Bowl champion, eight-time Pro Bowler, two-time All-Pro, five-time second-team All-Pro. He was part of the NFL 2010 All-Decade team. Now, with those stats and by his performance on the field, the respect he's gathered from his peers, Marshall will most definitely be a Hall of Fame offensive guard. Personally, I think he's one of the best to ever play the position. He had it all, toughness, nastiness, technique, and some good old-fashioned country brute strength. I'm really looking forward to this one. I just love watching this dude scrap on the field. Since his retirement, he quickly lost 60 pounds. We're going to get to the nuts and bolts of how he dropped the weight so quickly. Guys, I hope you enjoy. Here we go. Look at you. Yeah, man. Jack, yeah. You're, you're a good-looking sucker underneath all that. No doubt, man. Get like 60, 70 pounds off you. You can actually like, you know, uh, breathe a little bit and actually have some features. Goodness gracious. I mean, the beard's gone. The face is trim. Your wife is your, what's your, what's wife thinking right now? Uh, she's kind of used to it by now, but like, you know, like, like about a month ago, she was just like, you know, just like everything was different, like hugs and just, you know, like she could fit her arms around me way easier now. And it's, uh, it's been, uh, it's been awesome. It's been a fun process. Has she thought anything? Has she said anything like you're too skinny? I married a big man because I got a little uh, bit of that when I when I got too low. My wife was like, "All right, that's too much. Knock it off. I don't I don't like what I'm grabbing on here." Yeah, no. I mean, she definitely. I mean, she's she's been supportive. She's like, "Hey, you know, I just always known you to be you know big Marshall. Obviously, you know, like just the the bigger you. And I've always been that big since you know high school even. So she didn't know me of uh, any other way. So 
um, it's definitely, you know, surprising. There's still like little things, like I said, you know, even like holding our hands, like our hands, like, like when you hold hands, they fit, uh, easier. Like my <laughs> fingers are a little smaller too. So it's been, uh, been a bunch of, bunch of little things here and there that have just, uh, been fun. And, uh, but she's, uh, she definitely likes me skinnier for sure. You know, like, uh, you can do I agree more. what's that? You can do more. Yeah, exactly. No doubt. I'm, I actually go on walks now. Like I never walked before. Like my wife would be like, well, you know, I heard such and such went on a walk. And I says, yeah, they're not 300 pounds and they didn't squat this morning. So like, I'm not walking, you know, like now That's I actually it. like, yeah, now I actually, uh, we go on walks a lot and we, you know, it's our time to talk and, and get out of the house and get some fresh air and stuff. So it's good. Oh, that's awesome. I remember my wife when I was playing, she was like, Hey, I want to go on some hikes and I want to do tennis and all this. And I was like, it's not how it works. I got to lay no. down. I got to rest. I mean, like you no. talked, it's like, I just had a heavy squat session or a deadlift or whatever. It's like, now I got to put that energy back in the energy bank, babe. I'm sorry. Tennis isn't happening for a while. Now I'll go gladly play or go on that walk. How old are your kids? Yeah, yeah no doubt. Uh, my kids are uh, nine, seven and five. So, awesome. so they got it. They get, they really did get to experience a pretty good amount of your NFL career. Yeah. 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 Like I, and really as of like the last couple of years, you know, like my nine year old, our oldest boy, Graham, he definitely, um, you know, dove into like the football fan and like, you know, watching all the like YouTube highlight videos, which is awesome. Like they can watch like an entire NFL game in like nine minutes, you know? So like, you know, that like Monday mornings before school, he's watching, you know, highlight games and, you know, and knowing all the players and, and, uh, and my daughter really got to know she's seven. And uh, yeah, it was cool. I mean, like, you just don't know, like, if your kids are gonna, you know, when you have kids, if they're gonna ex experience it or remember it, but our kids are definitely gonna remember that and experience, or, um, and, and, you know, it's just a cool experience for them. That is uh, so good. And so good for you to be able to have them experience that. Mine were really yeah. small when, as I was kind of retiring from the league. So there's pictures yep. and there's some videos. They didn't really get the chance to experience it. Now, what about the nine-year-old? Is he playing? Uh, he, he was, he was going to play football this fall. Um, not like, you know, like it was going to be um, just like flag football, but he actually, um, it was going to be on Saturdays. Well, Saturday is bring your kids to work day. Like, uh, like they bring them in a facility and, uh, you know, they run around the indoor and they go, um, like up to the game room and they go, you know, into the cafeteria and he wanted to do that. You know, like I say, they really look forward to that. So I was like, you know, Hey, bud, you know, let's do this for sure. Cause obviously I knew that. And even last year, I knew that that was going to be my last year really had a, a good idea. So I was like, heck yeah, you want to do that. Cause you can, you know, he can play football the rest of his time. So, so he didn't play last fall. He just, they, I mean, and those kids, like all three of my kids look forward to uh, doing that. Cause they had done that the last couple of years. And like, you know, we start training camp in like July and the kids come out like August 1st and they're like, hey, can we go to work? I'm like, well, you guys got to wait like a month until we can get to go to work with dad. But they, uh, they looked forward to that so much, you know, just going like we'd eat breakfast together. I'd, we'd give them, grab them breakfast and then they would take off and I'd head to meetings. But yeah, it was, it was, uh, it was cool. God, that's some really good stuff. And awesome that the yeah. Ravens did that. They had bring your kids yeah. to work day. I mean, how special is that? That's just, yeah, that's yeah, as good like as it gets. Yeah, like the coaches brought their kids, like players brought their kids, and like, and it wasn't like it was, you know, just something that was said. Like a lot of guys, you know, did it, and the coaches did it, and I think the wives loved it, obviously as well. They had a little, uh, you know, their alone time Saturday mornings too, so uh, so it worked out great for everybody. But yeah, I mean, the Ravens—they're great with uh, you know bringing their families around, and that was always uh, something that was awesome. 
Well, first off, I got to tell you, congrats on a hell of a career, man. I'm telling you, I can speak for a lot of linemen when I say it was so much fun to watch you play ball over the years, man. You you were yeah. you were Appreciate quite it. savage. Yeah, were, man, you having fun, were you having fun yes. doing it? Yeah, I mean, gosh, I loved it. You know, I loved every minute of it. I loved, uh, you know, I mean, I was just, a, you know, a competitor at the core, you know, just loved the, the battles. And obviously, you know, every position has their battles. But, you know, you know, offensive linemen definitely have some good one-on-one battles. And, uh, and uh, you know, I just look forward to that challenge. And, and obviously, uh, just the competitiveness. And, the t- and then, meet, you know, uh, being on a, a team and getting to meet a lot of great guys and go to battle with them and just, you know, respect them and under respect the process of, uh, of what all goes into it. And I just really loved it. You know, I mean, I was, you know, loved it more every single year. It was more important to me every single year. And I really got, you know, I really got addicted to, uh, you know, wanting to be the best I could be and do everything I could do on my end uh, to be the best player I could be, you know. And it was, uh, like I said, and gosh, I'm just grateful, you know, 110% grateful of uh, all the experiences and met a lot of great guys. It's awesome to meet, you know, you know, people from all over the United States and uh, hear their stories. And it's really neat to, to get that um, exposure because, you know, I'm a small town, you know, farm kid from Iowa, you know, you, you know, and a lot of people, they don't ever leave Northeast Iowa, you know, and it's just neat to, you know, go around the United States and, and just experience it all. It's been great. Tell me about that because you said you you fell in love with it more every year. I think most guys yeah. would get in and like the first three years would be the peak of love for the game, and then as the toll kind of takes its, yeah, it has its way with the body, right? And you start yeah. to get worn down in the the mental grind and just the pressure and all that. A lot of guys would kind of lose the love, but you said you got even further addicted to the game as you went along. Tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, yeah, just um, you know. I had, I had a major injury my second year in the NFL. Like I tore three ligaments in my right knee. So like, and then I rode the bench for like uh, 10 games my third year in the NFL. So like, so I, I wasn't like the guy that was like the, you know, the first round draft pick that, you know, that played, you know, from the, from the jump there with the starter, you know? So I'm like, I had it like kind of taken away from me, like my second and third year, like of like, bam, it's that instance where you get bam, you're injured, bam, um, you're done. And then, the next year I rode the bench. So like that really like fueled my fire. Like when I got my job back, um, like later in late in my third season. So every, you know, since then I really like, you know, had that in the back of my mind and really wanted to push it, you know, and, uh, and get better. But so I just, um, you know, and then like, cause like I did, you know, the, the pro bowls and all that stuff. I, it was my fifth year was, it was when I made my first pro bowl. So it's, it was a process. And, uh, and, you know, I made my first one and I wanted to be better the next year, you know, and then here comes like a contract extension. And I'm like, well, I want to make it through that whole five year deal. I want to, I don't want them cut me two years in if I'm not, you know, playing well enough. So like, there was just all these factors that, you know, led into it. And, uh, but it just, it came down to like, you know, every year I was just like, wanted to eat better, wanted to, you know, sleep better and, and do all these things. But it wasn't always like, you know, great. Like, you know, it was the injuries and the rehab really did bog me down for sure. Like, I mean, it definitely, it took its toll and, uh, and that's part of it too. But I always, um, the love of the game and like the competitiveness, like that always like kept that fire burning, like in me, like, Hey, I'm going to get to that, that point again and get back to that. And I always did too. Like, so, you know, you gotta, you gotta go through a lot, you know, you know, I mean, injuries in football are just part of the deal and you, that's what you sign up for. But I just always had that passion, like, and like, even if I was going through the rehab and the pain to get back, I just had that in the back of my mind. It, it's, it's, uh, 
you know, it's going to be worth it. You're, you're going to, you know, you're going to get the, the payoff from it. You're going to come out and see through the other end. So I always yeah. felt like when I was injured and when I was out, a couple of things that you hit on there. One, I did want to get my spot back. Like I, yeah. I, the competitive fire got fueled. You're watching somebody else do what you thought was your job. Now you realize oh. it was just, you were just holding oh, down the job for 13 years. But it's like, I want my job back because I don't want that guy to end up taking it and not get paid. And I just want to show that I'm better because that's what we do. But then the other part was, it was super humbling. Like coming back yeah. from injuries and the rehab and sitting out and it was a little depressing. And, you know, yeah. there was that whole process. I just learned, I felt like I learned so much, almost as much being injured as I did playing the actual games themselves. Yeah, no doubt about it. I agree. I mean, there's that whole aspect of like, if you hadn't really been hurt much, like when I was in like, you know, high school and college, like I was never in the training room. I was never hurt. I, I almost thought like, well, I'm just one of those guys that doesn't get hurt. You know what I mean? Like it just like, there are some yeah. guys that play even in the NFL and make it like a decade and they don't get hurt. So I'm like, oh, I'm just must be one of those guys. And then all of a sudden bang and you know, your, your life's turned upside down. And then, like you said, it's definitely, um, it's like, you know, it's, it's, you learn that side of, of not, uh, not being a part of the team and understand they have to move on immediately because football is a hundred percent injury. You know, it happens all the time and they're, they're ready to move on in an instant and they move on without you. And it's, that's hard. I mean, that's hard because that's just the nature of the beast, right? The next man yeah. in, they got a game in six days and no matter what you're, you know, you got hurt that game. Well, they're already moving on to the next game and, and you, you learn uh, and to respect that a lot more when you have to go through that for sure. So yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's part of it. My favorite part when I think back to the game was, and everybody says, well, I love the locker room, right? Like I love, I love the locker room. I love the guys. I did. I loved horsing around in the hot tub and the sauna and the weight room and, and yep. just being a jackass with the guys, right? It was super fun. But the yeah. thing that I, yeah. when I think back to it, like the part that I loved the most was sitting in the quarterback room with Phillip Rivers and going over blitz pickup and we spent hours putting together a whole program yeah. and like a powerpoint slide and how are you going to pick this one up and look at this little cue that we've got it was like that real small detail that that's what I really became addicted to and I didn't care so much about anything else by the end of my time I'm just like how are we going to pick up these blitzes and we got to be 100% on the weekend you think back like what was the, what was your favorite yeah. part Uh, like the first thing that comes to my mind, like my favorite, like favorite part would be like in the locker room after a big win. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like when, like literally like everybody's jumping up and down, everybody's like, you know, bear hugging everybody. Like, you know, everybody's big grins and smiles and like everybody from like the scouts to the, the high brass, to the coaches, to the players, to the, to the equipment staff, to, to the, you know, to the guys, everybody, the trainers are like, it's like, a bunch of kids, you know what I mean, celebrating, you know, that you, you know, you just won, you know, the biggest peewee football game. You know what I mean? Like, so those, okay. those, that, that locker room celebration. And like I said, where everybody's hooting and hollering, you know, it's just in that like two or three minute moment where, you know, you just, you know, everybody's has, you know, there's a, there's a task at hand, there's a goal, we've achieved that goal. And then obviously the highs and lows of football, you know, can come right down to the very last, you know, second, a couple of seconds, a two minute drive. And it's just exciting. And it's exciting to, uh, relish that time because like you know like Matt Burke said you know he's like you won't remember all the games you know that you play in and like my first five years I really remember a ton of like detail about every single game but as you play more games and play you know and all of a sudden you get over 100 games and it's like yeah you have a ton but like 
I do remember those huge victories in the locker room and celebrating. And so that's what comes to mind is uh, those celebrations, you know, with your teammates and coaches. When you think back to like some of the specific games that you do remember the details, like what, what was your favorite moment? Oh man, there was a bunch of them, you know, like, I mean, you did win a Super Bowl. Yeah, we did. Yeah. But which was obviously very, you know, that was, I mean, that's an easy one to, to go to for sure. But I'll think of like that, that same year, like we played Denver in the playoffs and that was when Denver was rolling with Peyton Manning and, and they had just uh, played us like four weeks before that in, in Baltimore and they beat us like 31 to three. And this was like, you know, just in the regular season at the end of the year. So now we got to go to Denver. It's the divisional game and you know, it's their home field advantage. And like, nobody gave us a chance to win that game at all. Right. And obviously like the great thing about football is that, you know, for one time, I would say, I would say that year, you know, we played Denver that year, 10 games, they beat us nine times. Like that's, you know, that's just the way it goes. But that one day that like things lined up for us, we made enough plays when it counted, you know, that one time out of 10, like we, we were the, we were the underdogs going into the, the hostile environment. Nobody, like nobody, everybody wrote us off and just being that underdog and, and relishing in that, that game and being a part of that, that was awesome. You know, so that like that one comes to mind, like the divisional uh, at Denver for sure. I'm not sure if this was part of that year or not, but I think it was. You guys came out to San Diego and there was a big fourth and 29 play that you ended up converting. Yes. Was that that yes. same year? Yes, it was. Yes. The Ray Rice, like little like check down that was like nine yards and Ray got like, you know, barely got it. And then we ended up, you know, scratching out. A, 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 you know, we got out of there with a win when we really shouldn't have. Yeah. Crazy. It got out of there, then got into the playoffs. And then the Super Bowl was crazy, too, because you guys were trailing at half. I thought pretty big, right? No, we, we were That winning. wasn't. No, we were winning. We were winning at half. But and actually right. up, pretty, up pretty big. And it was almost looking like we were about ready to blow them out. But then that's when that's the lights it. went off. The lights went off. And then after the lights came on, we literally, like, held on to our butts the entire <laughs> second half. We barely won. Like, you know, that's like, right. They had like seven plays like on the goal line to win the game, you know, oh. and they didn't get it done, you know, which is crazy. You know what I mean? Especially like nowadays in the NFL. And, and I mean, that wasn't too long ago, but still like you got seven plays from the, from the five and in, like you're, they're, they're going to, you know, that's a lot of opportunities. So, but I, I'm, yeah, I'm thankful that they didn't get them, but yeah. I mean, so part of the Ravens, which is, from the outside looking in, and I know Jared Johnson really well. He was a teammate of mine out in San Diego. Awesome dude. Yeah, but he always yeah. talks about being a Raven and, like, what yeah. that means. How cool yeah. is that? To, what does that mean to be a Raven? And yeah. I guess how cool was it to be a part of that organization where there's such a strong identity? Yeah, like, I think back, like, when I was drafted there, just, like, the, the guys that had really paved the way, like, Double J was definitely one of those guys that, like, paved the way that, like, just, like, every single day that you walked in there, there was, you know, guys on the team that you could just be like, you know, and the coaches would tell you, too, and it's smart, like, just be quiet, listen to what they do, watch what they do, you know what I mean? Like, literally, when they talk, don't worry, you know what I mean? Because, like, don't talk like you learn so much more from listening. Right. And too many young guys, you know, forget about that fact. So be quiet, listen, and just watch these guys. And like, we had so many good role models and continue to have good role models on the team. And, uh, and guys can learn how to do it the right way, how to be a pro, how to take care of your body, how to play, how to compete, how to, you know, you know, all these things. And I, and I think it's also, 
it's also that starts with the the type of uh, character of people they bring in they draft you know that they decide who they want how they want to build the Ravens and I think that's starts with you know the uh, Steve Bashada, the owner you know and Ozzy and Eric and John you know that's a whole collective group of like who they're gonna you know make their team about and 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 the character of the guys so and it, like I said even I still you know like when I you know when I got drafted there, you know, it was Ray Lewis, Ed Reed, Double J, Todd Heap, you know, just guys that did stuff. Haloti not a guy, you know, Terrell Suggs. I mean, gosh, I mean, they had tons of guys that did it the right way, you know. And and, uh, and that's huge for young guys because you don't realize, like, when you're a rookie and you're, like, 23 years old, I call them backpack guys. They literally have their their life in their entire backpack. Like, that, that is it. You know what I mean? Like, back, you know, as you get a wife and you get kids and you got more stuff, you know, in life involved, but I call them backpack guys. We're literally, like, that's all they, they got. It. They, they literally can gather everything they got in their backpack and they're good. So, and I was one of those guys, too, but you just don't realize it when you're that young that um, – that you, that you can really um, have a lot of room to grow and uh, to learn how to, you know, do things the right way. And, and that there's a lot of knowledge in that locker room from guys that have the experience. Who mentored you when you got into the league? Um, so like uh, Jonathan Ogden was, uh, I only had him for one year and I was a rookie and Mike Flynn, those were the two old dogs uh, when I was a rookie. And I looked up to those guys my first year and then, um, and then it was Matt Burke. Like, I played with Matt Burke. He came from Minnesota. We played, you know, four years together, four or five years together. I think it was four and, you know, won a Super Bowl with Matt. So, I mean, Matt, I just spent a lot of time with Matt Burke. And uh, really, he uh, just, you know, great guy. Just did, like I said, one of those guys that you can really uh, just listen to and watch how he you know, goes about his business. Um, those guys, I would say those guys early on were um, – that, that you know that come to my mind Matt Burke definitely um spent a lot of time with him and learned from him any any piece of advice that Matt gave you that helped you out <laughs> um I mean he's such a smart dude Harvard yeah grad, like very Matt, tough you know, Matt kept it light you know like outside of um you know outside of like when you were competing you know it, it was on but like in between like you know meetings or even even the, in the meeting rooms like in the offensive line room like he kept things light you know, I mean, like, yeah, obviously there was, you know, a, you know, a task at hand and, and uh, but we didn't need to be so wound tight all the time. And I feel like as football players, you got to have that relaxed time. It doesn't need to be tense, you know, in the meeting rooms uh, all the time or, you know, you need your time to unwind and not have that stressful, tenseful time. And he definitely, that's one thing I, um, you know, thinking about him, you know, that just pops right into my mind is that, um, that he, you know, he knew to have, you know, throw some jokes out there, have some fun in between the times when it was on, you know, and, and so that's, that's one of the things I would say. Who took over that role when he left? Uh, I believe as far as uh, keeping it light. Yeah. Or just, yeah. I, well, Matt was, like you said, Matt was definitely, um, you know, an interesting guy where you're not going to replace his like wittiness and like his right. comebacks. Like you were not going to win. Like if you went barking up his tree, trying to, you know, razz him, <laughs> he's just going to like find a comeback. That's like, you know, five seconds faster and like and you think you got a good one he's gonna fire another one back at you so like I was never that quick with uh with the jokes and being uh and being like that so I wouldn't say he was ever replaced but uh but I still enjoyed um you know giving guys a little bit of a hard time in the meeting room and uh and keeping it light and trying to like you know you know just not you know set that example where you know you just we can have fun and enjoy the meetings and, and uh enjoy the process 
You know, the yeah. other thing you brought up earlier, I mean, you're talking about Ray Lewis, Ed Reed, Haloti Nada, T. Sizz, JJ. Yeah. You guys had a, in Baltimore has been known since the beginning of time as like yeah. the heart of defense. I mean, it's a defensive minded organization up until really like this last year where you no just doubt. absolutely exploded offensively. What, yep. what, what was it like in the building with a defensively led football team and what were practices like? Yeah, I mean, I would say I definitely, like, became a much better football player just by practice, practicing against all those guys. Like, you know, practicing, practicing against Haloti, you know, practicing, practicing against, you know, um, Trevor Price was one of those back then, too. Oh, where, like, right. I really learned. He was a nightmare. Yeah, he was. He had a rip move from, like, just from, like, the hell. longest and, arms in the rip move. Yeah, you couldn't stop yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. And if you didn't catch it right away, there was no way you were, like, shutting it off. He was, he was, he was taking that gap. But, uh yeah, I mean, just they were, you know, tough to deal with during, during practice. And uh, and you knew also, like, as an offense going into the game, like, sometimes we, if we get – if we had one touch, like, some, like Ray would say, hey, we need one touchdown today from you guys. And, like, you could kick field goals or do whatever. And, like, literally, like, if we scored a touchdown and two field goals, we were winning the game 13-6 to 6 or 13-7, to 7, you know. Like, so, I mean, it was – that was legit. I mean, it was something that, as a young player, you took for granted. And uh, you didn't realize how rare all those guys were, like Ray and Ed and Sizz and, you know, Haloti, all on one team on the field at the same time. Like, I mean, you know, there's, you know, four potential, you know what I mean? So, yeah, just like how rare that was. You know, like when we talk, you talk about Ed Reed, I thought it was normal for like, you know, um, the back end of a secondary to, to pick the ball off that many times and then flip the field with the interception or just go score with it. Like, I didn't realize how – much of a rarity that didn't happen until Ed left and then I'm like we went like some seasons where we had like one or two picks all year you know and Ed would get like six or eight in like a season so you just don't you didn't I didn't I was you know, almost naive and just young and didn't realize you know how much of an impact player a lot of those guys you know were which was you know pretty crazy I didn't realize how big we played Ed a bunch, but I never really came into contact with him. But then I saw yeah. him this last year out at the Super Bowl. He was doing some appearance stuff. And yeah. we were standing right next to him. He's like every bit as big as I am as a safety with that speed and length and range. It's yeah. like terrifying. Yeah. No doubt about it. Yeah. He was, I mean, like, yeah, you could just see, you know, he was unique and, you know, gifted in those ways and uh, that big of a safety that can move like that. I mean, when you watch, when you actually watch him walk, like just like he's actually kind of pigeon toed and he really doesn't like move gingerly, like when he walks, but obviously when he plays football, it's just, uh, it's just God given and, uh, and hard work. But, uh, but yeah, Ed's a, Ed's a good dude. And uh, you know, one of those, you know, unreal guys you, you feel uh, fortunate to play with and, uh, and, you know, compete with and go to battle with. Did you guys ever get in fights as an O and D? I'm looking at that D and I'm like, you know, there's some defenses that I just don't really want to fight, but I guess you'd have to on occasion. Yeah, sooner or later there was. There definitely was. <laughs> like I did, and I did most of my like my fighting was when I was younger, prior from like years like zero to six, and then after that, like boy, like if like I hadn't fought like probably the last five years, I haven't fought in practice. Like literally, it ain't worth it. Like, and most of the guys knew, you know, like that I'm not like. I'm at about, you know, 70% in practice anyway. So I'm not going to try to make you look bad. You know, I'm not, you're not getting, you're not getting game speed effort out of me because that's, you know, that's saved for one day a week, you know? So it's like, I'm not, 
blowing my wad on you on a Wednesday. Like you're not worth it. Sorry, but I don't care how good you are, what, what goals you have, you know? So that's right. Uh, I will fight you if I have to, I want you to know, but I also yes. want you to know that I'm going about 70%. So calm yes, down. Yes, exactly. So, but, uh, yeah, we, we definitely had our, our squabbles, you know, and fights and scuffles for sure uh, early on. And, uh, and that's just the way it was, you know, I mean, tempers flare and, and, uh, and they were so competitive too, you know, where, you know, if we, if we did make a few plays on them, they got, they, they tightened it up even more, you know? So, I mean, it was, uh, it was competitive as all get out for sure. I remember there was a play when we were playing Baltimore and there was a little skirmish and Haloti comes in and he's like, you don't want, you don't want to do that. And I was like, yeah, you're probably right. I, yeah. You're right. Yeah. I'll just go over here and do my best to block you. That guy, yeah. he was such a manimal. Who's yes. the best teammate you've ever had? My best teammate. Oh, I, it would have to be like, you know, accumulative and over the time it had to be Joe Flacco. I just feel like, you know, like we've been in so many battles together and that guy is a tough competitive guy, you know, and we'd had some, you know, some up and down years and there, there's a lot of moving parts. So, but like just Joe like showed up to work every single day, you knew what you were getting from Joe. And, uh, and I didn't have to worry about, you know, if I, if I gave up a sack, I didn't have to worry about him, you know, ever being like mad at me or, or like throwing a hissy fit or, you know, I see some quarterbacks and I'm just like, that is just so ridiculous, you know, behavior and attitude out of a, out of a QB where like, you know, so like Joe was and like I said, you know, he was my quarterback for over 10 years, you know, we lined up and you know, that's, that was our Super Bowl MVP. So like, he's, he's got a special place in my heart. And uh, he's, like I said, he's a tough dude, does things the right way. And um, went to battle long time with that man. You know, it's awesome to hear because I've I played with a quarterback for a long time, Philip Rivers, who also from the outside, like public perception, you know, public perception of Joe's one way, but in the building, it's a completely different thing. Public perception of Philip Rivers is one way, but I'd still die for that dude. I'd do anything. I would do anything for him. And I'm sure you the same with Joe. No doubt. Yeah. Cause I mean, I, yeah. Cause like people, you know, People want to go down the roads of saying that, like, you know, oh, well, ever since his – you know, once we paid him the money, you know, like, well, he wasn't as productive and, and he doesn't care enough. He doesn't show enough emotion. And it's just like, well, Joe wasn't the only guy out on the field, like, after we won the Super Bowl. Our teams were completely different after after we, you know, guys retired, you know, free agency injuries and, like – so, I mean, so many moving parts to a football team. But, of course, with a quarterback – whether it's too high or too low, they shoulder the blame, right? I mean, like, it's, yeah. it's, he's, uh, he's the ultimate guy that's going to be held accountable. So, but like you said, yeah, I mean, I, um, you know, and then, yeah, the whole emotion thing where, oh, he doesn't care enough. It's like, no, that guy cares like crazy. You know I mean? Just, you know, if you were in the building and you've seen him work in his entire body of work, like you said, it's just like Philip Rivers. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I feel the stories about Philip Rivers too. Oh, he's too, he talks too much trash on the field for a quarterback. You know what I mean? How's a quarterback? You know what I mean? And I'm like, right. no, this guy's a hyper competitive dude. And he wants to win. Okay. You yes. want guys like that. You know, it's like, so yeah, you definitely, yeah. It's the yeah, it's public everybody. perception is real. But everybody shows it their own unique way, right? Joe's super competitive. Yeah. I'm sure he's hyper competitive. He just shows it differently. Yeah, and exactly. Philip Philip yeah. shows it in his own way. Like Oliver, it's like that was our artwork out there. And so everybody yeah. shows their art in their own unique yeah. way. And then it just fans come down, critics come down, media comes down if something yeah. goes wrong and they don't know all the complexities of it and they're just looking for yeah. something really easy to blame it all on. What do you think yeah. you're gonna miss the least? 
uh, missed the least uh, training camp. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> training camp, like when, uh, when, you know, when you have, uh, when you get done with like the first six or seven days in a row and you've been going pads for like four days in a row and it's like, Oh yeah, it's, it's all right. It's only like, um, it's only like July 31st and we actually don't have a real game until like September like 8th. You know, oh. you have an entire month of August where you literally have like, you know, you're building the team and, and this and that. And it's just like, as you got older, I was just like, I'm ready to play right now. Like, give me like a week of practice, you know, like, you know, dust up on the playbook and, and some reminders. Let's roll. Now, obviously I get, you have to build a team, but I still feel like this day and age, that like nobody needs uh, six weeks of training camp. You know what I mean? Yeah. That was for the people that don't, that didn't train year round that they don't have like OTAs in football school. Like now football is different to where it's, it's year round. You're training, you're, you're mental. Like, so I mean, I just, I feel like that, 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 you know, they continue to should cut them, you know, their practice down just cause you know, you're, you really, you know, some uh, teams can really um, take the risk of being, ground to the nub at the start of the season you know because I remember we talked about it one time you get uh an entire season of practices like say from September to January you get that entire season of practices in those six weeks of training camp you know That's because right. you're going back same to number back of reps yeah. Same number of reps, like they do that in six weeks over, you know, almost six months because that's the way training camp is. Like you got to put normally if you had a padded practice during the year and, you know, I mean, the next day you'd be at shells and then you're getting ready to go play a game on Sunday. But no, during training camp, it's pads, pads, you know, shells, then pads, pads, pads or whatever, you know. So, I mean, it's that's the, the grind of training camp would be um, something I'm not going to miss. And then another quick one would be uh, rehab like gaining yeah. range of motion back. Like I've had three shoulder surgeries and like, you know, you get out of, you get out of surgery and like your shoulder like moves like this much, you know, and you, you got to literally get all your range of motion back and they're like tugging on your arm and like just feeling it in there and all the pain that comes with rehab. Oh, rehab for sure is another one that like, I'm, I'm, I'm completely like, I'm over, I'm over with it for sure. Yes. Yeah. Like be gentle on the body now. Don't do anything reckless. Nothing yeah. crazy, no surgeries. I, I, that's my goal for the yeah. rest of life is zero surgeries after from this point on. Like I, I need no to doubt. Have, no you've, doubt. Had, you've had some great coaches over the years. I think you had Billick for a year. You had Harbaugh yep. for the rest of your time in Baltimore. Yeah. You had Kirk Ferentz in yeah, Iowa, yeah. legendary coach. What did those guys have in common? Yeah, um, you know, just character coaches, you know, that, uh, you know, that expect, you know, the utmost out of their players and that, you know, obviously they, they lead by example. You know, I feel like, you know, uh, you know, like you, you said, you definitely said, you know, three great ones, but I feel like, you know, coach Ferentz really, you know, changed like um, just how I viewed life and just, you know, and when you're a young man, I feel like you have more room to grow. Right. And, and, yeah. uh, and when I was in college, you know, I had a, I still had a lot of room to grow and I did in the NFL too, but just coach Ferentz definitely, um, you know, his talks to the team and, and uh, just like your mental approach to life, you know, not just football, but just, uh, you know, how you live your life, um, you know, the decisions you make, um, you know, being responsible and accountable and all those things like, you know, they really hammered that into us at Iowa and uh, led by example. And, uh, and, you know, like Coach Ferris and Coach Doyle, they're like, you know, the strength coach, they're, they're mentors in my life. And, you know, and I went back to Iowa in the offseason and training there 
I didn't, I, I didn't stay with the, the team. I, I felt the advantage of uh, getting uh, Coach Doyle's workouts and, uh, and being around those two, two men were, uh, were, you know, awesome for my success. So, and like, I mean, you know, and Coach Billick did things the right way. You know, I was a rookie, kept my head down, and, and he did a great job. But, and then also, you know, Coach Harbaugh, like, I didn't have to worry about a new coach coming in, you know, because once a new coach gets hired in the NFL, I got to go change the culture. I got to go in here, make these guys tougher, grind them out. You know I mean? I've, you know, I don't know how many stories I've heard of like when a new coach gets hired, you know, how many, how many reps am I going to have to like kill myself for just to try to reprove myself. Right. Like I didn't have to do that with John, you know, coach Harbaugh, like he definitely, you know, he knew what he was getting out of me. He trusted me. Like there's trust there that was built up over years. And that's huge as you get to an older player. Cause like, if you're an older player and like you have to re like establish yourself in a, in a Wednesday of practice, like, what are we doing here? You're taking reps off me on the back end of my career, right? Like, you know, like I won't be as effective on Sunday. That's just, that's just, that's being real because like, you know, a coach say, Oh, you got to prove it. No, I mean, you need, I need everything I got on Sundays. And if you're in year eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, like you got, like say you're in year 11 and you got to reprove it with a new coach. That's, that's tough. That's, yeah. that makes a huge difference that people don't realize. So like John being, you know, what he did and, and being so successful, that definitely made my, uh, my job easier for sure. No doubt about it. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. You went to Northern Iowa Community College or Northern Iowa Community College for a couple of years yep. before you ended up at University of Iowa. What was the yep. holdup getting in there? Because I know when you went to Iowa, you were an econ major, right? Which is yeah. like yeah. for smart people. Uh, no, I was definitely, I know, I know for sure. I, well, I definitely, um, I didn't finish the econ major. It's like, it says like I, there was some mixed reviews, but like I ended up getting a, a health and sports studies degree from Iowa with the, nice. with the business, business emphasis or whatnot. So like I tried to get into the college of business Iowa and, and did, I made it through like micro macroeconomics, but once we got past that, it was, uh, it was a Ooh. little tough, but, uh, but no, no, from high school though, I did, I just, um, mentally lazy I didn't buckle down I really didn't like I didn't um, got into bad habits of like not doing homework not putting school like you know as a priority you know I always loved to play football and I mean you know I had the work ethic was there but like I, I got into a lot of bad habits like I said of not doing my homework not putting school as a priority so like I literally um didn't have the grades to get in and it was and it wasn't because I wasn't you know smart enough or, or uh, you know the it was just the the habits that I got into so I went to, uh, I had to pay the price and go the community college route. And, but obviously at that point, I had no idea I was going to play professional football for, you know, at all. You know, I was just, uh, my goal was to, to play at Iowa. Cause when you grow up in like the state of Iowa, there's no pro team. So like I wanted to play for the Hawkeyes. So I learned from the choice that I made. I made that choice and I talk about it, you know, too, the, the choices that you make. I made that choice not to, uh, not to do my homework, not to study, not to put school as a priority. So my choice led me to my opportunity. Well, at the end of the day, my opportunity was North Iowa Area Community College, right? So like I learned, you know, when it's like the, the light bulb went off in my head that when I got to there, like now I know that I got to buckle down and I got to make a life change here, a lifestyle change. So I did and I buckled down at Iowa or at, at the community college. And, uh, and then also all those changes that I made, you know, I took a year and a half of, uh, or two years of uh, uh, college credits in a year and a half. I graduated, uh, you know, in a year and a half so I could be in the, the spring ball of, a, nice. of the Division One program. And like I said, at that time, there was 130 kids on the uh, uh, community college team. 
Wow. And uh, I was, and like they said that, you know, how many guys are here to go to division one? Like everybody raises their hand because everybody wants to go to division one uh, A. And like, of course. Uh, I was the only guy that went division one A out of those 130 guys. So, no kidding. but there was only like six of us that stayed for summer classes though. You know what I mean? So I'm just saying yeah. like, so people made that choice. Like, Oh, it's after my freshman year of college. I want to go home and party and be with all my buddies. We're home. And I was like, no, I'm making this choice now. I know that the old Marshall would have made this choice. I'm going back home. I'm going to go buddy, you know, hanging out with my friends and I'm going to go have fun. I made that choice. Then, then that also, that choice also set up that opportunity for me to go to Iowa. You know, so like I, I talk about like choices that you make in your life and, and that they lead to other opportunities that you don't know of. Like during that, that choice I made to stay for like summer college and take all, take, you know, 15 hours of, of courses during the summer. And only six of us did that out of 130. Like one other guy went division one double A, like the other guys, like those choices set up those opportunities for sure that you don't know about that you're, um, and like, and then I just continued to pile that on at Iowa and Iowa really even like honed that more like the, the stoic lifestyle, you know, the decisions you make, you know, and all that stuff compounds. And it's, it's been uh, it's been a great, you know, path that I've been on. I feel like I've been on those railroad tracks, you know, ever since, you know, just understanding that, you know, you're doing things the right way every single day. And it's, it's gonna, it's gonna add up to something good, you know, but if you continue to be lazy, you continue to not do things the right way. So it doesn't, whatever lifestyle, whatever decision you make, that's going to compound too. So sooner or later, that's going to get you as well. Like that led me to junior college or say somebody has a problem and it's going to rear its head sooner or later. Right. So that's kind of, that's my mindset. It, at university of Iowa, you talked about the stoic lifestyle. Do they get into, does Kurt get into stoicism at all? Yeah. Yeah. They do. Does he? Yeah. 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 Cause like coach Doyle. Yeah. And coach Doyle too. Cause like, Coach Doyle's got, um, like, I had him give me, like, his top ten books that he likes to read. Like, they have the kids, like, the players now read books and give, like, book reports on, like, you know, like, the Daily Stoic is by, yes. uh, isn't it by Ryan Holiday? Yes. Yeah, so he, he, has, he has the Daily Stoic, and then he has the Slight Edge, too, as well. Is that right? Or, no, the Slight uh, Edge is by uh, Seth. Uh, it's, not, it's not Ryan Holiday, but anyways, yes, they do the. Yeah, Holiday's so also have, got, I think, like, Ego is the Enemy that's it yeah. yeah ego so they have that book they so they use they um that's on coach doyle's uh, list is ego is the enemy the daily stoic and then the slight edge by seth olson is this is this because i've read i just it's taken me a little bit to but anyways yeah they they do that and like uh have the, the guys read those books and like i've read those books like the slight edge is like that you know the, the daily stoics They're, it's great stuff that i've really um that i you know try to live my life by for sure what give me like a daily practice that you do that would be like a stoicism thing? Like I try to like like people like say like in the building, like they can like set their watch to know like exactly like where I'm gonna be like every single morning. Like I literally like within like probably five minutes, I get in the building, you know, eat my breakfast, you know, from like, you know, 720 to 740, and then from 740 to 755, I'm in the hot tub. You know, like, so I'm in the hot tub from 740, 755. I shower, you know, a 10 minute shower. And then I have, I'm there for an 810 meeting. Our meetings are at 810. So like, just like getting in like those, those habits, you know, to where I can control that and, and, uh, and just get on those railroad tracks of, uh, you know, doing things the right way every single day. So like, that would be an example, I would say. Yeah. Yeah. Like having your routine 
right? Yeah. Just yeah, for sure. Set the clock. You've got the routine. We're sticking to the routine because this gives us the results. I always do yep. little, I do little challenges, like little physical challenges. And I'm sure you're going through them right now with like kind of the stoic life is the diet that you've brought to yourself to lose all the yep. weight, right? That's, yeah. that's one of them. Oh, like, yeah. I mean, one of the things that I do every morning and night is I take an ice cold shower and I stay in there as long as I possibly can. And I'm just like, I'll yep. wait until I'll wait till my hands are numb. And I'm like, all right, that was good. A little yep. physical challenge. And I'm like, mental toughness training. Like, why do I need to be tough right now? I don't know. But like you said, something's coming down the line and I feel like I'm going to need to be tough. And yep. we'll, we'll go from that. Let's get into the weight loss in a sec. But give me the, the decision-making process to retire. Um. It was definitely the injuries. I just um, – because, like, I had gotten hurt in uh, 2017 season. I broke my ankle, like, week yep. two. And the, the, the year before that, 2016, I tore my shoulder, my left shoulder, and then I missed some games. And I switched from right guard to left guard to finish the season. I started the last seven games of the to 16 To protect the season. shoulder? Yes, protect yeah. the shoulder because it was my left shoulder. And when you play on the right – whatever side of the line you play on, you got to have your inside hand has to be strong, right, to protect the inside moves. you got to lock them down. Well, I always play right guard. My, my left shoulder was torn, so I couldn't stop the inside move. I thought I was going to have to go on IR in 16. I'm like – I missed like two or three games, and I was like, well, I'm going to try left guard. So, like, I fought through in 16, like seven games, left guard, getting it done, left shoulder's torn. I get the surgery. I rehab. I come back. 17 I make it my second game I break my ankle I'm done for the year after two weeks so like I gritted through 16 got the surgery rehab to get back fought my tail off 2017 break my ankle done for the year you know Weber C fracture got bad ligament damage too so then I get surgery for that you know played in there uh rehabbing from that and in December of 2018 that same uh 2017 that same um fall after that I broke my ankle I tear my right shoulder lifting weights, bench pressing, oh. right? Because like, and I'd already torn that one um, Super Bowl year. I tore that one. And, you know, at that time I didn't really, you know, I didn't realize that, you know, I had, I had heard it a few times lifting too much and I should have known better, but I was like, you know, I was hurt for the year, right? Because of my ankle in 2017. Yep. So I'm like, well, I'm going to get stronger, right? My mind's like, I'm getting better. I'm going to be better for next year. Well, I literally like benching probably too heavy. And I tear, re-tear my right shoulder. So, like, I went from left shoulder surgery in 16, right or uh, left ankle break in 17, and then right shoulder in those in, in one fall. So, like, in the, in the process of, like, a year, I had, like, three surgeries. I had left shoulder, right shoulder, and my left ankle. So, that really, like, at that point, I was like, all right, my body's telling me something. It's put me on notice. You know what I mean? Don't, like um, – ignore these uh these indicators that your body's starting to really you know break down so i was like all right i said uh, after my shoulder i just said uh, um i'm not do going i'm not doing rehab again so if i would have so i was ready to retire after 2017 if i had an injury so i went into the 2018 season saying if i get an injury i'm retiring you know what i mean like if i have something from my because i already that was then i had two surgeries on the same area to my right shoulder I'm like, if my, if this thing doesn't hold up, I'm done. You know what I mean? Like, so I was mentally prepared going into the 2018 season to be, to, to retire. Like I was fully ready just cause like my body, had, you know, I'd had enough surgeries. Well, the cool thing was that I made it through 2018, started every game healthy and like got to uh, play and, and, and you regain some love of the game. Cause like when you're that stretch for like a year and a half, 
it was tough on me for sure, like mentally going through those injuries. And I regained a, a lot of, um, you know, like I said, where I could play and not have to worry about the injuries. And then going into last year, I'm like, well, this is, you know, I get another year and, I, and, I'm, and I'm healthy and I'm excited. But I just knew going into that year, if I like either way, if I get hurt or if I make it through all the way healthy, this is, this is just enough, you know, just because like I had, I had had enough surgeries. So going into last year, um, I just knew either way, if I, if I stayed healthy, if I didn't, it was just, it was, I didn't, wasn't, wasn't going to risk going into this fall. Cause I just know a compound interest, just like we talked about, if I make it through 2018 and 2019 completely healthy, which I did, I started all 32 games. I'm due to get hurt this fall. I just am like, you That's know what I mean? Works. It's just, it's the, it's the nature of the beast. It is. It's the game you play. It's the risks you take. And I just knew that like, I'm due, like I've never made it three years fully healthy ever playing in the NFL. I've never made it three straight years. I'm not going to do it at 36. I would have been 36 <laughs> this fall, you know? So I just knew. And like I said, at the end of the day, I was not willing to risk another year for another surgery and all that, all that that goes with it. So, so that was my, my decision. So you guys were so close as an organization. I mean, this year was like, you were just such a dominant team. Did that? Yeah. Did, did it make the decision more difficult or no, just no, the decision was made? Yeah. The decision was made and like, it was actually better. I mean, I feel like, you know, just cause I know we were one and done in the playoffs and that sucked, but you know what? Like being 14 and two, like having that season was incredible. You know yeah. what I mean? So like, what if you're going to have, I had more fun in that, in the regular, that was the most fun I've ever had in a regular season atmosphere. I mean, we literally lost two games all year, which is crazy. You know what I mean? Like it's so hard to do. It's so hard to win one game in the NFL and we see it, you know, year in and year out where teams, you know, they can't even win one game and, and it's hard. I mean, it is, it's hard to win. So I was happy that, uh, I got to end playing, you know, really high level football, like with a, a young team that, uh, you know, I was an old dog on and did my part and uh, just, uh, you know, had a chance to, to get back to that level of play, which was, which was awesome. So, so yeah, I mean, it, it was, didn't make it any, um, cause I did feel that question a lot. Like when I, after my retirement speech, people were like, how can you retire now? How, I mean, like your number one seed in the AFC. And I'm like, trust me, I like the competitor in me. Yes, it's there. But the other side of the coin is, is that I still have this 13-year-old NFL body, and the wear and tear is still there. It's not going away because I just love the game to the fullest. Like, yes, I've always loved the game, like, more than anybody else. But that wear and tear is still there. And don't, like, don't be blind, you know, blindness, you know, blindful to it. Yeah, exactly. Sure. And, and I guess yeah. all you would really have to say is, I'm going to be 36 this year. Like, yeah, exactly. Come yeah. on, you, I mean, you can't do this yeah, forever. Yeah, like people get all – you got to come back and make it right. You know what I mean? Like we're going to go to the Super Bowl next year. I'm like, you know how many teams like say they're going to they're gonna go back and make it right the next year and then go win a Super Bowl? Well, it's really, 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 really hard to go win the Super Bowl. There's literally one team yep. that gets to taste greatness, and even the team that went to the Super Bowl that lost still ends with that sour taste in their mouth. Now, yes, they made it to the Super Bowl – but don't tell me that that doesn't sting like hell when they made it to the Super Bowl and they didn't win. You know, they're not getting those rings. You know, and I, they, yeah, they were their, you know, conference champs, but still, they're, they, you know, they didn't achieve greatness either. So one team gets to do that. And, and people just on the outside looking in, they don't realize how hard that is. You know, oh they don't realize God. how, 
how hard that is to be that one team when every single team, all 32 teams are, are grinding for that. So that's something, like I said, I, I understood and just, uh, you know, just kind of kicked under the rug. So tell me how much weight you've lost so far and how quickly have you done it? Yeah. So like, so we played uh, Tennessee January 12th and we, we, we weigh in the day before the game. I was three twelve January 11th. Wow. So I weighed in three twelve, and then, uh, I'm like two forty five right now. So yeah, I'm two forty five. So, and I've been two forty five. Awesome. I've been two forty five for probably about, Oh gosh, a good, probably three to four weeks. So I would say like, you could just say, um, you know, end of April, like, I was, April, I was, yeah. Yeah, mid-April, I was 245. So, like, I feel like I've probably stabilized. I mean, it just depends. I mean, we'll just see how it goes. Like, I've been down. Like, I've actually, like, been, like, in the, after, like, a workout in the sauna. I've been in the 30s. Like, I was, like, 238. But that's yeah. when, like, after a workout in sauna. And then, like, that's on a Friday right before, like, I'll have a cheat day on Saturday and gain, like, nine pounds in a day or something. <laughs> nice. <laughs> but, uh, so, so, what was the plan? What, how'd you get it all off? Well, I mean, you know, I just like I'd watch guys like you, you know, you did it, you know, you, you got it off uh, quickly and like Matt Burke did it quickly did it. Uh, and uh, like Fanica did it uh, like Jordan Gross. I just like I remember watching, you know, guys like that. And I was always inspired to like want to do that just because I, I knew that like we're, I'm not naturally like that big of a man. You know, what I mean, some guys are, you know, some guys are naturally True. like made to be 300 pounds. I'm definitely not like I had to eat all the time and, you know, watch my weight every like two days. I'd weigh myself, you know, like guys on the team, like young guys, I even tell them last year, like, what are you weighing? It's like, it's like, and I was like, do you have a scale at home? I was, they're like, no. I was like, how do you not have a scale at your house? How are you not weighing yourself? Like I weighed myself every two days for the last, you know, 15 years. Oh yeah. You know, I had to, I had to know. Right. And anyways, but, uh, so keeping that weight on was a, was a full-time job, but now I knew that uh, I just didn't know where it was going to go, how much weight I was going to lose. I just, uh, you know, started on a routine of, uh, you know, uh, my wife has a Peloton, you know, the exercise bike. So I started yep. uh, getting that. So I do the Peloton and the sauna. And then um, that's about five days a week. I usually Wait, take you put, the, you put the Peloton in the sauna? No, no. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, dang. No, it's like, you're going to no. be a collegiate wrestler soon. Yeah, Terry Brand's going to sign no, you up. But no, I mean, I had to buy boot dryers though for my, for my cycling shoes though. Cause I mean, a 40, you know, I do a 45 minute workout and like my, my socks and my cycling shoes are like soaked. So you're I literally bought, bought the boot dryer just like kind of like training camp reminds where your, your cleats are soaked. But, uh, and then, you know, I talked to coach Doyle, you know, at Iowa and he gave me a, like an eating plan and a diet plan, you know? So, I mean, and it's like, um, and obviously diet's the most important thing as far as, uh, you know, and it's so true though. You can't out, cannot outwork a bad diet, right? Like yeah. people, like I've been talking to people and, 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 and talking to people and that is the toughest part. Just that, that mental toughness of like, I don't, you know, you, you got to stay out of the pantry and you got to stay out of the snacking, you know, the extra calories, which I did it obviously, um, you know, for so many years that those routine and those habits are still at times mm -hmm. really tough to break. You know I mean? It's easy to want to go get some like mixed nuts out of the, out of the pantry or, or grab some, you know, dried mangoes or whatever, you know what I mean? Like it, it can be worse snacks, but, um, so discipline with the diet. Um, and like my diet's like mainly obviously just, uh, you know, lean, uh, lean sources of protein at breakfast, lunch, and dinner. I can eat all the green vegetables I want. So I usually, 
like green vegetables with the protein for with lunch yeah, yeah. and dinner. And then, um, and like not a lot of carbs, your carbs can come from your fruit and, uh, like I'll eat some blueberries and apples, uh, carrots. Um, but, uh, it's just, uh, no breads, no pastas, you know, like that, gotcha. like for, for six days out of the week. And, uh, and, but like I said, I still do, I look forward to my one cheat day. I, I, uh, I look forward to that and, uh, awesome. and enjoy some like good barbecue, like some good ribs and brisket and pork shoulder. We'll, we'll do that. Or like, I enjoyed like, like I was craving like the first couple of weeks, like when I get my cheat day, I wanted cheeseburgers like on my cheat day. Like there yes. was like, no, I'm going right at it. You know what I mean? Right out the gate. So, uh, but, uh, but yeah, the diet, the Peloton, the sauna, and then like we, me and my wife go on walks now too, like I said, in the, in the, in the evenings. And we've actually been this changing up. We've been walking in the mornings now, go, go for, uh, and it's like a four mile walk and we do like 15 minute miles. So we do a, an hour straight. And it's their 15 minute miles. So they're like a it's like a brisk power walk, but like yeah. we get after it. I mean, I enjoy walking now because I'd never walked literally like besides if it wasn't out of necessity, I didn't walk. Like I said, like I'd never True. been on a walk with my wife. I mean, it's just, just life, you know? So, yeah. wow. you know, so, so those, all those things. And I didn't know if like my weight was going to go to like 270 and stop or 280 and stop. I didn't know. And obviously like it came off really quick. But like I said, I mean, I just feel like I'm also, you know, I'm a disciplined guy. And like when I set a goal, you know, I, it's important to me and it's not for nothing. And I'm going to try to do my best. Uh, and then, like I said, I mean, you know, it's not like I'm not like I look forward to my cheat day. And I look forward to eating the food I want to eat. But like those other six days, I'm going to I'm going to lock in. I'm going to and I'm going to, uh, you know, I'm going to I'm going to do it right. You know, I just uh, it's the way I'm wired now. And it's the way I, I just just feel like it sets you up for, you know, success in life no matter what you do and like you said like I'm, I'm also sometimes going to to battle with my mind like you know I'm competing in my mind but you know if I can uh if I can hold off and, and wait for that wait till that day like you said you know or you know taking the cold shower like making sure like if I sit a half hour in the sauna like sometimes at 25 minutes like my body in my mind is telling me to open the door and get out of the sauna like, <laughs> yeah but, you know and I'll be like and, and I'll and I'll uh, compete against my mind and say I'm, I'm waiting another five minutes. You know what I mean? I'm going to do that just because, you know, I'm going to like, you know, you have to go to war with yourself and your mind. You, I mean, that's part of it too. And I think a lot of it is mental approach, mental toughness and, and football has hardened me so much from that. You know what I mean? All the injuries and the one-on-one -on -one battles and like the failures of like failure, failing in football, getting your ass kicked, all that stuff like mentally hardens you. And I just feel like I've been hardened over time by, by football for sure you mentioned so, that you were a guy that they could set the clock by coming into the facility what's did yeah. was that a hard part was finding a new routine i mean it's it's still like an off season right now so i guess you haven't that's that's haven't gone that's, through the regular season yet that's true yeah and we we talked about that too because normally we're not playing right now anyways and normally i'd be training um you know just a you know lifting and conditioning but obviously just so my workouts, my, just my workout is just now I've, I've uh, just rolled that into the, into the bike and the sauna. So it is pretty, it's similar right now. So I understand that those, uh, you know, that it's going to be tougher, obviously when the games start, or, you know, being played, that's going to be a whole different animal of like, you know, uh, missing the game and all that stuff. Cause right now uh, we're not playing football right now, normally anyways. And I mean, well, they'd be in OTAs, but I definitely wouldn't be. 
So, you know. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Yeah. Well, save one of those cheat days for the first day of training camp and, and like collectively around the retired guys will just crack a beer. Oh, man, no doubt. No doubt. Right. Yeah, it's no like, doubt. hey, we, we don't have to be there. Cheers to that, buddy. Oh, I know. I'd always said that, like, you know, I want to do something really fun, like in August, because normally August is just completely like you're the worst month of the year for, for football players. Right. And I'm still like, <laughs> I still got to get some plans made, which like right now, sometimes no plans are the best plans. But, you know, I mean, I still want to do something like meaningful and fun in August, because normally we're, you know, you're grinding. Right. I mean, yeah. it's everyday grinding. So, yeah, I'm, yeah, looking forward to that for sure. All right, last one, Marshall. What if yeah. if you had a motto or a mantra? What would it be? Oh, uh, I would say. I mean, if I yeah, if, uh, if I my um just working hard. I feel like you know I grew up on a dairy farm. You know, I grew up on a farm. Just uh, put put the work in. You know, I I feel like it's something involved with the word work. Um, you know, no matter what you do in life, no matter um you know, whether it's, you know, playing a sport or whether it's a, it's a, a normal job, whether it's, you know, you're a, you're a student or anywhere, you know, you got to put the work in. I just feel like, you know, to uh, achieve your goals in life. And like I said, no matter what you do, you don't have to be a professional athlete. You can, you know, you can have a normal job and a normal life, but everybody has to sooner or later put the work in to, to achieve the goals of, of what you want to be and what you want to become. So, you know, I learned that at a very young age on the farm. You know, we, um, you know, my parents milk cows. I watched them milk cows twice a day, every day, and bust their ass. You know, and uh, and uh, and and that's just that was a way of life. So, um, so I, you know, I took a page out of their book, and I always had that work ethic. You know, whether you know, like I said, I didn't, I made some bad choices uh, with school early on, but I still always had that work ethic instilled in me to uh, to work extremely hard. So I would say you got to put the work in. Love it, dude. Marshall, congrats on one hell of a career on getting the weight off and good luck at everything that's to come. And yeah. who knows what it's, who knows what it's going to be. You, any idea what's coming up? Yeah. Uh, you know, we're going to just, you know, take it one day at a time and, and keep an open mind. We are, we are going to go back to Iowa. Um, you know, my, uh, my family's back in Iowa, my wife's from Iowa. So we're going to start there and then just kind of uh, see, and we have a house back there as well that we've had for the last like six, seven years. Cause like I said, you know, we stay about six months in Iowa. So we're going to go back there. We sold our house in Baltimore. We're going to go back there and then just kind of take it one day at a time. My dad still is on a family farm. Um, so I might, I'm going to try spending some time with my dad and possibly farming with him and, uh, and go that route. And then also I want to kind of figure out how much football, how much I'm going to miss and how much I'm going to want football in my life, you know, like, uh, cause I obviously I'm going to miss it, but like, how um, involved do I still want to be with football? And I, I feel like there's going to be probably, you know, sooner or later, there's going to be um, some interest to do some type of something around the game of football. You know, I don't, I don't foresee myself probably coaching in the, in the NFL or the college level because of the time commitment. But right. I mean, I, I just, I'm not going to, you know, say what I'm going to do or what I don't do until I go down that, that road, you know, and we're going to going to kind of figure it out. So, but Iowa for Iowa at the start. And then, uh, I mean, it could be, could be Iowa helping my dad on the farm and coaching my kids and youth sports. That could be enough. You know what That's I mean? Good. It's like I got three, three kids and like the next, you know, 12 years of them uh, till they all go to college, like they want to be around it all and coach them up and, and, and hang out on the farm and put the work in and, you know, life is good. So we'll see. Well, best of luck to you, brother. And congrats once again and stay in touch, please.
All right. Yeah. Sounds good, Nick. Oh yeah. I'll be, I'll be picking your brain too, as the, you know, as life goes on. Cause I, you know, it's uh, good to hear, you know, retirement life and, and you know, what your interests are and how things are progressing too. So good. Well, I'm here for you if you need me. Yeah. Sounds good, man. All right, buddy. Talk to you. All right. Sounds good. We'll see you. Bye-bye. Yeah. Bye. All right, gang. That's all we've got for this episode of the Finding Center podcast. I hope you enjoyed listening to it as much as I enjoyed doing it. One thing that would really help both of us and other potential new listeners is for you to rate this show and leave a comment in iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeart, or wherever you listen. Also, make sure to link up with us on social media. I'm at Finding Center Podcast and at Nick Hardwick. And follow, be sure to do this, at hardwick.life for great health information, recipes, and healthy lifestyle tips. And please share, share, share this podcast with anyone who you think might enjoy. I like to send specific episodes to people that I keep in mind while doing the podcast. Maybe you could do the same thing while you're listening. Thanks again, guys. Until next time, here's all the health to you.